down. Bob Westbrook, my. The year, 2010. Here comes Durant. Lakers back on D. Harden with the three. Come on! The opponent, the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers. Fisher for three. Durant with the rebound. For the tie. Welcome to the Classics, presented by Thunder Talk. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. This is episode one, The Arrival. Ten years ago, the Thunder made their playoff debut, and we figured instead of sitting around wishing we had basketball to talk about, we'd just talk about basketball. So, with me today, we got Ford, Jameson. Welcome on, guys. Thank you. That that intro was so reminiscent of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It was like the really, like, like deep talk. The year is 2010, (laughs) and this is thunder talk. <laughs> I was, was just, the... just... <laughs> I, I, I need to add some cool sound effects, make that real nice. Um, I was yeah. disappointed that it wasn't hello and welcome. I'm <laughs> so looking it's, forward to that. This is really... this is a this is a big deal. I wanted to switch it up from hello and welcome. Uh, when we come back to talking basketball, I want everyone to feel very welcomed. So, anyways, we're going back in time, taking. Uh, taking a look at the 10-year anniversary of the first Thunder playoff series. Uh, guys, both of us, or all three of us were, I mean, this was a huge moment in our lives. First time we've ever seen a playoff series in person uh, come to the come to Oklahoma City. It was a big deal. Um, but looking back, what are the first kind of impressions, you know, on this series? It's it's because it, it's it's been a long time. A lot has changed. Um, but what are your first impressions? Yeah, my first thing, um, obviously, you first think of the Pau Gasol tip shot. But it was so long ago, this is 10 years ago, you know, that there's a lot of minor details that kind of slip through the cracks and you take for granted of where we are today and how far we've come. Once the Thunder released their logo and we were absolutely confused, if we were more knowledgeable NBA fans, we'd be irate of what blob was posted and made it our thing. I was I was talking about this earlier, but like I was done rewatching some of the games, just the yellow on the court and how nasty our court looked. Like we've come a long way, and like now we're to a point where this organization we're praising our uniforms with the uh, memorial one and the uh, turquoise one from last year. Like we're making good strides. We still had that weird little triangle thing in our collar for some reason. Oh yeah, it was weird. Ford, what what stuck stood out to you? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously the the Pau Gasol shot, but rewatching, you know, all those games today, it really made me appreciate our rapid growth and development all in a year span. I mean, we went from twenty three wins to fifty wins, and like in a a year span, just in an off season. And I think uh, at at that moment we didn't really appreciate it, but looking back now, I mean, that's pretty historic. You don't see that very often in the NBA. And, and we came in fourth in our division, too. Like, the parity in the league in 2009, 2010, that era, was, was really something special, reminiscent of, of today's parity now. Yeah, the, the West has always been tough, and it was especially tough in 2010. Um, for me, I, was, I, I agree. I think that, um, that development is surprising. But for me, I was really stunned um, just how good Kevin Durant was. 
he uh, we'll get to his issues he had earlier on early on in the season, but the guy was was top five looking looking like a top five player that early. Um, you, you kind of you kind of take him for granted how great he was. Um, so let's kind of look into you know kind of why we're talking about this series in particular because here's the thing we're going to look at a lot of series. This might be the only one we look at that's a loss. Um, so why a loss? I think the main thing, it sent a massive message to the league that this team is going to be a problem for years. Um, the main he- headline after it, uh, coming from Howard Beck in the New York Times, in defeat, the thunder sounds a warning. Uh, Kobe was uh, noted as bringing over Russell Westbrook and Durant in the tunnel and calling them both a couple of bad motherfuckers. Um, and, I mean, we took the defending champs to the wire. Other than that crappy Game 5... The Lakers only won three games by eight points, three points, and a single point, which is remarkable given where we came from. Um, coming off a 23-59 and 59 season, uh, not only, I, I mean, dub, just doubling your win total, 27-win uh, impro- improvement. The improvement from Durant and Westbrook, they both grew up. Durant became the youngest scoring champ in history, averaging 30.1 points a game. Um, and here's the thing I kind of forget. The Thunder could have finished higher. They were the sixth seed with 10 days left. And uh, they lost four of their last six. So, I mean, a remarkable season that, in all honesty, could have been a lot better from a regular season standpoint. A lot of these games, and just thinking back on the season as a whole, you saw that the talent was there and it was so raw that a lot of these people, a lot of our players are making child mistakes uh, mistakes that people who have not been there before make and that would be starting out games slow in a big time environment the majority of these six playoff games in this series we started off really poor to start the game and we usually would fight back in the third quarter or something except for the you know the game five um which was just an absolute disaster they started 22 to 8 versus destroyed us um but yeah i mean you got to really, really appreciate the youth on this, and everyone needs a stepping stone. And this was a huge, huge stepping stone for not not just Kevin Durant, but for all of our guys. Um, there was one quote in Game Four when I was watching the recap, and it was just weird to hear it that um, the guy announcing it was like Russell Westbrook had a great game, and if you didn't know who Russell Westbrook was before this game, now you do. And it just was like that is just the weirdest thing to hear because this guy is one of the most well-known athletes in all of the world. Yeah. Leading up to this, the Thunder, I believe, only had two national TV appearances, which is just crazy to think of. So that really was kind of where we were at as a franchise. And even I think the mood in Oklahoma City wasn't all the way behind them yet. You still had people who were Hornets fans. You still had people who were fans of other teams. But I think this playoff run really brought everyone together um, into the culture of, uh, of the Thunder that we see now. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, people like to forget, when, or people do forget, not like to forget, when talking about this series. I mean, you stated it, you know, in, in your segment, but games one and two were really close going yeah. into the going into the last couple minutes. I mean, it was a uh, the Lakers won by yeah, like three in game two, right? Yeah. And yeah. It was like, and it was a couple missed free throws away, and that bad shot by Kevin Durant. You know when he's coming off the pick, and Artest was like, like on him like glue, you know, and he took that three, and that we could have easily gotten a better shot with that. There was like thirty seconds left. Yeah. Like, that, like a, a couple of these games, 
you know, if a different play's made here, a different place here, Kevin Durant makes a better shot than that. They, we could have stolen one in L.A., and this series is completely different. And these guys were – I think this series really um, is, is really rememberable because, well, obviously, one, we're the new kids on the block really showing the whole NBA and the world, matter of fact, that we're freaking here and that we have this, this stacked um, roster of young players who, are going, who, who look like they're going to be stars – and they are. They turned out. I mean, that was correct. And we took the defending champ. Well, they were that. They weren't at the time. They were going to be, you know, for their second title. But these guys were the champs, by far the best team in the league. And we put them on the ropes. Definitely. I, I mean, it, it was a very close series. And I'm. About, I'll uh, dive into it right now. We'll start off from the top. Game one. First. Uh, I mean, first playoff game in Thunder history. Couldn't get more intense. It's a Sunday afternoon game in Los Angeles. Lakers wearing the whites. It's classic whites. Classic crispy whites. Uh, I mean, that's an absolute staple of the Kobe Lakers. Uh, And from the get-go, you can kind of tell there's jitters. Uh, They just didn't have the poise of the Lakers who came out looking like a team who you know, their last playoff game was winning the NBA championship. They came in. They were very, you know, very surgical. Um, Kevin Durant had a lot of issues. Our test really played a lot of good defense on him. Uh, and really, it was Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant keeping them in that game. They scored 24 and 30, uh, or, sorry, 24 and 23, respectively. Uh, only one other Thunder uh, player scored in double figures, which is, you know, that kind of, kind of, telling of what was to come. Uh, Durant only shot 7 for 24 from the field. But in Game 2, everyone kind of shook off the jitters, you know, responded well. Durant uh, uh, dropped 32 on another kind of poor shooting night. Um, but simply Kobe Bryant went, became was Kobe Bryant. 39 points, 50% shooting. And um, then for some reason we had Jeff Green take the last three. So that's not going to work. Uh, but then everything, as you all know, you know, kind of turned on Game 3. And really one of the most remarkable nights of my life. Such an emotional moment in Oklahoma City. Um, Jameson, I can't remember. Were you at that one? I mean, it, it was one of those... You, you walk in, the entire arena was in their seats, ready to go by the time the uh, team ran out for warm-ups. Just a totally different experience. We'll never experience anything quite like that again, I think. Weren't um weren't the Thunder down, I think fifteen to two to start the game. Yeah, the, we had the a game, really bad start. The game started with an insane Laker run. Uh, Scott Brooks had to call a timeout before the Thunder even scored their first point. All the fans had to stand through the timeout because <laughs> they didn't know what to do. Um, I mean, it was it was horrible. Um, but of course, you know, Durant and the Thunder kind of got some momentum, and then. Uh, an absolute electric 8-0 run. One of my favorite uh, periods in Thunder history, honestly. Um, Dur- um, Westbrook dunk on Lamar Odom. A Harden 3, Durant 3. Uh, we'll talk about that later. The momentum just pushed uh, pushed OKC over the top. Rode the momentum. Got that uh, first win in uh, series history. And play, uh, and, and, I mean, just incredible win. Um, but game four, momentum continued. Oklahoma City, from the get-go, just ran it down L.A.'s throat. 
the Lakers just kind of they, they just didn't show up uh, our test wasn't an issue anymore Westbrook Harden Green Eric Maynard all went off double figures huge win series tied of course game five the Lakers were the Lakers they as champions do responded and uh, Gasol and Bynum had a massive night Poor Nanad Christich and Young Ibaka apart for 25-21, respectively. Poor Yeah. And then the Thunder shot 37 from the field. That was uh, the definition of of getting schooled. Um, but then the series will move back to Oklahoma City for Game 6. And uh, as we know, very tight game. Thunder wouldn't give up. And uh, let's kind of talk about that game. Because it clearly, I think, was the defining game... Uh, the defining moment of that first season for Oklahoma City, uh, really, re- yeah, really remarkable. Ford, what what were your first thoughts uh, on rewatching this game? Well, I would like to add before we start anything that in Game Four, I was I made Sports Illustrated with Will Harlow <laughs> with the famous picture of Kevin Durant going in on that fast break dunk. If you remember, that photo was in Sports Illustrated. That next, that next edition, and you can see me and Will Harlow posted up at the very top in, in the uh, bank first suite, just cheering on. So I will say that was my shining moment. But for game six, I mean, just fucking Pau Gasol, man. This, this literally gave me nightmares for weeks. It's, it still gave me nightmares, like in 2014, that you still think about it. Where you kind of think, you know, and well, actually... To start off, for it being an elimination game and probably the biggest game of every player's live on that Thunder roster, we we started out very well. Like that that game, you know, we, I mean, we, for it being that big of a moment, really hung in there. And I mean, we got down like what five, six, seven points, but kept kind of hanging in there, churning in, churning in, keep it going, keep it going, make a few shots here and there, keep it close. And it's just so heartbreaking. But at the you know, and and you think to these moments, you know, like. You know, what if Russ's shot, you know, at the very end got that Kawhi Leonard bounce, you know, things could have been in. Or, you know, what if Nick Collison just boxed out Pau Gasol a little bit better? That was Serge Ibaka. Don't you dare oh, throw that okay, shade okay, on okay, Nick. Well, that was, he was really right Serge Ibaka. He was in the paint, too. He was in the paint. But, it, you know, but at the end of the day, you really think you're just like, it was one of those where it was one of those losses, those very few losses, you know, where you kind of sit back and you're like, damn, like, we played – it was. it's like you play your heart out, you know, and you can't do much better, and you lose to the champs, so you kind of have to tip your cap, you know. But yeah. it was like one of those moments where you're like, all right, man, like we're in the league. Like we're really in the league now, you know. Yeah. There wasn't much frustration after it. I mean, it was disappointment for sure, but it was like – it's like I've made it this far. I'm really proud of us. Um, we really should give ourselves a pat on the back. But re-watching that Game 6 highlights, um, yeah, you remember the tip. I, I mean, I can see it with my own eyes still right now. It's ingrained in my memory, you know, watching it from the angle, seeing the tip in. But what made me – what I remembered after uh, re-watching it again was how excited we were whenever Kobe missed a shot. Whenever Kobe misses a mid-range jumper – take um, a chance for the win with two seconds left and misses it when we're up by one I mean that's that's like two that's a one second shift of the best feeling in the world from the lowest it, it really was because Kobe had the ball there and it felt like 
all of the highlight videos you'd watched on YouTube, all the years you watched Kobe when we had no NBA team, and you know the moment because you've seen it. You've seen the highlights against the Suns. You knew he was about to just dagger you in the heart. Um, and it just, the air felt heavy, and that that miss was, was shocking. But, you know, again, only one second of joy, but, you know, um, that's the thing. That's the thing about this series. Not enough uh, strength and size inside, and weirdly enough, our attempts to correct it kind of screw us in the end as we as we go on. Um, but I mean, seriously, that that moment, that the last couple minutes of that uh, game, the Thunder run towards the end, we should have won that game. I think a uh, couple iffy Westbrook shots. The offense got a little choppy towards the end. Very Scott Brooks ish. Um, but you know, that's the thing. Young young teams, you know, it's hard to close. Uh, Maybe. But it, oh, sorry. It, it's easy to say that now, but at the you know the the ovation at the end, you know, everyone giving their support for the team. One of the great greatest moments in Thunder history uh, in my book. And I think one of the one of the best moments in Thunder history go along with that, where you know after we lost. And we look kind of depressed, and there's the standing ovation, and Scott Brooks gathers everyone to midcourt. The whole member of the whole team huddled together, and he kind of got in the middle, and he was like, "All right, guys, remember how this feels. This is it. You know, you don't ever want to feel this again, but this is it. This is what it's like to lose in a playoff series. Sometimes you have to, you know, like every great team, you have to learn. You know, you have to lose in this." position you have to lose in this series it takes a while for you to build up to become that great team you know so like but this is only a stepping stone it's only going to get better you know and so I, I just remember that moment really really well from that series here's a question if the thunder play let's say i guess the three seed would have been uh it's the suns the, the suns yeah, that year were the three seed if they played the suns that year do you think I don't know. Do you think the development would have been greater? Do you think the challenge of the Lakers helped push the uh, Thunder more? Do you think that's probably just BS? No, I think that's completely true. I think that the Lakers playing them was absolutely optimal for us, even if we didn't win that game. That's what like defines the beginning of our era. Is even even though it was a loss, it was we're here and we're competitive and we can actually make a mark on a team who's a former champion, and we did really well. Even though Kobe had his breakout games, I thought we did pretty decent versus Kobe. You know, um, and looking back on the scores of the game, yeah, th- there were a lot of low scoring, but that's just kind of how the era of the game was. Um, but, I mean, you can't take away the hype of that game three win and realizing you just beat the defending champions emphatically in an awesome game. Um you just can't take that away. And, that, I mean, you can win a mid-round series versus a team like the Suns. Don't get me wrong, the Suns are very good. But that means you just achieved a high end, but not the best. You beat the best team in the league twice. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It, especially that, especially with where we were a year before, where we were freaking out about winning our 23rd, or sorry, 22nd game against the Bobcats to to beating Oof. the defending champs at the height of their powers. You know, probably, in my opinion, Kobe at his best. Um, 
for little old Oklahoma City, it was just um just a storybook moment. Um, that game three, without a doubt, is always going to be one of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. What a great, what a great performance. Yeah, well said for on the both of you. Yeah. Um, also, other great thing about game three is Craig Sager's suit. He's uh, wearing <laughs> it all pink. I believe uh, Phil Jackson refers to him as the good humor ice cream man. Uh, so Phil Jackson uh, interviews, those are definitely prime in this series. Um, but anyways, let's break it down. What was the biggest difference to you in this game, or in, in this whole series, James? And what separated the Lakers from the Thunder when it come, came down to it? I really think that even though this wasn't the first or the second best player on the court, I think the power of Andrew Bynum down low was an absolute monster that we could not handle and was something that would change our franchise for the rest of history. Andrew Bynum destroying us put it into our head that we need someone other than Nanad to stop the Dwight Howards and the Andrew Bynums in the world. It's crazy to think a guy that would go on later to lose his career to a bowling injury and a really bad hairdo would kind of <laughs> almost like limit our ceiling as a team. Can you imagine if Jeff Green was our power forward and Serge Ibaka was our center and we, we worked with that or we traded Jeff Green for somebody other than Perkins. Don't get me wrong, Perkins was a big, big part of us doing really well in the future, but he did create a lot of issues for us when we got deeper into the playoffs. Or if Tyson so, Chandler can pass his freaking physical. Yes. That's, and that, that, that's one that we can never forgive the um, Oklahoma City Thunder medical staff for doing that. That's just unacceptable. I'm not going to call him out. <laughs> yeah, not going not gonna, to not gonna name drop. But yeah, Andrew Bynum, I, I mean, looking at, like, looking at his box score, you know, like he didn't really like fill it up like he'd had in the past. Like he's had games, you know, where he got like 25 and 25 and stuff. But like first game, I think he had like under 10 points and his highest, I think, might have been in game six. Um, as a matter of fact, where he scored 21. But it's, he completely altered every single thing that came to the paint for Oklahoma City's offense. And as well on defense, it was extremely hard to get rebounds versus him and Pau Gasol at the same time. Maynard and Serge could not handle him. Serge was too young at the time, and Maynard was just never good enough to be a physical center in the league of times where it was almost a big man league. Yeah, I mean, it really was. This was the peak of, not the peak of a big man league, but um, I think this probably, I think I think Gasol and and um, not Odom, sorry, Gasar, Gasol and um, uh, <laughs> Odom was also important, uh, but Gasol and Bynum, I think this was the last great um, NBA center power forward duo uh, we've we've ever seen. Uh, we've seen some teams try to replicate, you know, kind of the two towers structure. Um, like you know, the Detroit Pistons it just never works. It just hasn't worked since the game shifted. Um, you got Tyson it, Chandler and Dirk. Well, well who won the title the different. next year? That's totally different. Dirk did not play in that style at all. Well, uh, you said center and power forward. I'm talking about like oh, there's of course big, there's a center and power forward on yeah. each team. That's, I'm talking about <laughs> big banging out down low. You okay, know, like we that will style. Okay, that's what you mean. Take all of the rebounds, just kill you on the putbacks. And that's what separated the Lakers that year, I think. Um, I mean, just an incredible team. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that – I will ask you this, Jameson. In two, 2020 NBA, 
is Nanad Kristic a better player than he is <laughs> in 2009? Bro, can you rem- remember how many times frustration would fit in? As Like we were talking about earlier, we're all standing up. We really want to sit down. And Nanad gets the ball. He's wide <laughs> open on the elbow. He looks around and realizes everyone else is covered. And takes his little <laughs> mid-range jumper. Bricks it almost every time. That was a classic staple in what the Thunder was back then. And a, a big man he could shoot. You think Nanad could shoot threes? If we no, to of course not. Yes, yes he could oh, wait, shoot no, he could. threes. If he worked yes. on it, here's the thing. Yes. If, if he worked on that moveset, he would have been great. But no one no one asked him to shoot shoot shots. I know. And if, in today's day and age, if you put him down where he was at that age and develop, ask him to develop in another way, his skill set definitely would fit better. And trust me. Nana was one of those players in Thunder history that he was so frustrating and bad that it happened so many times. It was just laughable. And then he created this little special place in my heart for Maynard, well, where I followed him beyond to Siska Moscow and Serbia's <laughs> national team. Well, what he did right after this, uh, I believe he did right after this in the FIBA World Championships, he hit someone with a chair. Yes. Um, classic moment in Nanad. Great look. Great moment in Thunder <laughs> history uh, right there. If I mean, Nanad played in the league today, like with social media and how big of a presence it is, can you just imagine how badly he'd be roasted on a nightly basis? He'd be tall so, Alex Caruso. Oh, my God. I, I think I think Nanad is, is – if, if I could take someone from this era and plop him in now, I would love to see that. I would really want to see that. Um, <laughs> just just for the entertainment sake, I mean, he would be like he'd be an okay like number eight coming off the bench. He'd be that shooting center that we've been trying to get for the past couple seasons. Now that our team's um, morphology is different, um, we're not really looking for that as much. But the past few seasons of the trade deadline, we were looking for guys kind of like that, um, and that's why we always kick ourselves kind of whenever we think that we could have had Brooke Lopez. You know, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. We uh, could have a Damn. Lopez instead of Venice Kidder. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will want like to add that I think the biggest X factor in this Lakers Thunder series was definitely Ron Artest's defense on Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin didn't yes. shoot fifty percent once during the during the series, right? In all six games, um, he, didn't, he didn't even shoot fifty. I don't know. That's a good question. He was like eight of twenty-five game one, like five of fourteen or something game two. I know in in, uh, in game six in the final one he shot mm-hmm. five of twenty four. Yeah, he also kind of had a, like little injuries here and there. I mean, they were not like he was hurt. He wasn't injured, I guess. So, but um, Ron Artest, like that game two and um, defensive possession where we caused a turnover in the last two minutes because Artest was absolutely glued to Kevin Durant. We had seventeen turnovers that game, and Artest was the reason because of the majority of them. That is the what-if game, like y'all said earlier. That is a huge what-if. What happens if Durant makes that three? And what happens if Jeff Green makes the three at the end? And what happens say, if Kevin like Durant said, just you, takes a better shot? Yeah, the Kevin Durant shot was bad. I mean, there's another moment in Thunder history where we are yelling at a bad shot selection at the end. We want our guys to drive the ball, but it seems like we're always taking jump shots for the win. That You can say that theme for eight years beyond that um that playoff series but the jeff green shot we can't we can't roast on jeff green that was a play and you could see this kind of off ball screen kind of seal him off on the elbow and get a pass over the top for a good shot sometimes 
not letting your best shooter have the last shot is a good thing because it's the most unsuspecting place where you can get an open shot. Would you rather have an open shot from one of your mid-level tier players? Jeff Green was third best player, fourth best player on our team, or a contested fadeaway shot from Kevin Durant. I understand KD is very, very good. But Jeff Green, wide open three at the end right there, it looked good coming out of his hand. I mean, you can't. You can't like be mad at that, and I thought that was a good play call because it was definitely scripted. I think one more pass to Harden because Harden was in that uh, that corner. I know he's just a rookie. I know it's a different Harden. There was Maybe. no time. No okay. time. It, yeah. it came out of his hand, and the buzzer sounded in midair. Yeah. It, okay, it would have been a rush shot. That's like a Derek Fisher, you know, shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. I mean, you're right though. That that game too just came down to execution, and like you said, uh, our test steal at the end. Um, I mean, our, our test, at least in the first half of the series, is easily the MVP for the Lakers. Uh, but I think Durant kind of breaks through. You know, our test kind of comes back and you know shuts him down a little bit more in Game Five. Makes it makes it hell on him in Game Six. So maybe he is the MVP. But um, I agree, our test as a difference maker definitely, without a doubt, uh, harmed Durant. We still got his buckets, but. Uh, yeah, Kobe so, Bryant made a lot of great shots towards the end of the towards the end of Game Six. Then he hit like two threes, that contested jumper. You know, he really put the Lakers back in position to win that game. So, I think I think Kobe Bryant, with just the consistency he played throughout the series, probably gets the MVP. But mm-hmm. our test is right there. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do a deeper dive into the MVP in a bit. But I want to go with, into a little bit more what ifs. So. Less of what if things changed in the series, more, you know, what if things were fully different? So, for example, my thing, how does this uh, this series – do the Thunder win this series if we have Tyson Chandler? I kind of think we might. Ooh, I don't know if we'd win. I think we'd go to seven. I think seven for, without a doubt. I, there's no there's no way Chandler doesn't box out Gasol there. Um for the tip end, so I think I think you at least go to seven. Yeah. Um, well, that doesn't matter. If you could, it's, it's, the, it's the butterfly effect here that we're kind of arguing. How much of our like game plan would have changed if Tyson Chandler was in our offense? Where we had to focus on him too much to where it would have taken away from those pivotal moments where Russell Westbrook's um, elbow jumper was the the game changing moment, you know? And uh, and what was that game three? Game three, yeah, it was game three at the in the last two minutes. Russell had one of his pivotal elbow jumpers where he kind of flails out his legs both ways and it goes in and swishes. I mean, that was the beginning era of Russell. Like, we can't know for sure with Tyson Chandler, but there's no doubt that he would have helped on Andrew Bynum. I tipped on it earlier. Andrew Bynum, even though he didn't do much in the stat sheet, it just he was a presence on every single play. Yeah, I think it's it's no it's a no-brainer that Tyson Chandler is a major upgrade to Nanad Christich. But that Laker team was too good, too determined, too experienced, and Kobe Bryant's not losing a game on on a, the Laker on Staples home court in Game Seven. Like that's just not happening. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, other what ifs? Kind of talked about it a bit. Uh, if it would be better if we played the Suns, but if we did play the Suns, um, do you think we we where? How do you think that series goes? I think that's a totally done different question. That's, I mean, that's that's a good point. I, I think I think the the Thunder definitely struggle a bit. Uh, I think Steve Nash definitely uh, gives Westbrook a lot of fits. 
Um, but I don't know. It, I, they, I'm trying to remember who they would have had as a Durant stopper. Uh, uh, Raja Bell. Raja Bell. I don't know. I don't remember the Suns roster because it changed so much. Oh, yeah. Was Marion gone by then? Before? Yeah, he was gone. I have that roster okay. on lock. <laughs> Raja Bell would have guarded. Stoudemire too. Stoudemire would have yeah, been really was, good. It was uh, Steve Nash, Stoudemire, Grant Hill, Jared Dudley, Channing Fry, yeah. Jason Richardson, Robin Lopez. Yeah, they yeah. had a lot of good ones. Yeah, and I think I think I if we have Tyson Chandler, that game goes seven. I think we still lose in six if we had our regular, um, our, our original team versus them. But, but yeah, but people people forget though that 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 Suns team. Despite taking the Lakers to the brink in the Western Conference Finals, and who knows, you know that Game Five question with with uh, the Ron Artest buzzer beater. I mean, that one opens up a whole different question. I can go, I could go for days on that series. <laughs> but but uh, people forget that that team struggled versus Portland in the first round. Uh, they they almost went seven with them as well. That was a six game series. They lost the first game at home to Brandon Roy. Yeah, that was a weird playoff, honestly. Uh, the Mavs got bounced in the first round as a two-seed to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. I believe the Spurs then gave Phoenix like a pretty decent uh, fight. I might be wrong no, on that. No, no, Spurs, Spurs got swept. Uh, never Phoenix. mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got my series mixed up. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, Goran Dragic in, a, in game four had like 30 points. And he was, he was only a sophomore, I think, right? That was his second year in the league. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and he just went off. I remember watching that game. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, what's age the worst in this series. Uh, just everything about it. Um, what would you look at and be like, you know what, maybe we were wrong on? Because uh, I think for me, it, it's less what age the worst, more just like the style. This does feel like the last gasp of that dying style for the sinners. I already kind of wrote that down, but we had, we talked about it earlier. Um other than uh, Jameson's haircut in the background, uh, what age the worst? <laughs> that he took the answer. I mean, yeah, my 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 answer to this question was how we are late to the party at the big man. Like we we got we got burned by a center. We said, okay, we got to get a center. We get Perkins, and the league changes when LeBron goes to Miami. That one hurts. Um, but I already talked about that. Uh, yes, my afro did age poorly. Um, but yeah, I, I would have been really well right now. I wouldn't have to get a haircut. So what do you think, Ford? You know, looking back at that series, I don't think there really is too much, you know, to look back and be like, damn, like we were really wrong or, oh, that aged poorly. I mean, coming into that series, I don't think really anyone had big expectations. I mean, realistically, no one thought we were going to win, you know, Mm -hmm. no one thought that we were going to keep up with them that close. And so looking back at that series, I just reminisce and kind of think of how lucky we were to be there, how far we had come in that short of a time period, you know, how close we played them. It just it, it brings back way more good memories than than big oofs. Yeah. You know, to where you, you just kind of think, well, that was the start of it all, you know. Yeah. Other honorable mentions, uh, Khloe Kardashian and Lamar Odom. That That's tough. Uh, oh, we won't go too. I, we won't go too deep into that. Um, I was still young enough at that point where we could yell at the players and just make fun of them about their personal life and this like player empowerment where you could any player could kick any fan and they wanted to out of the arena. 
yeah, like Russell yeah, Westbrook Russell. power. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, like you know how much hell we gave Lamar Odom every single game because of Khloe Kardashian. Like, like how? So this was ten years ago. So like I was thirteen at the time, and. Are you kidding me? A thirteen-year-old brat is the biggest asshole stage of your life. <laughs> yeah, just that's that's a that's a situation where we uh, unleashed probably a bit too harsh, but we were little kids, so uh, <laughs> didn't matter. <laughs> oh, what else? Um, Derek Fisher Jordan is a starting Farmer. point guard. Derek Fisher Jordan is Farmer. so underrated. Don't, uh, do do not put trash on his name. Do not. Jared, no, Derek Fisher is good. Yeah, rotation player Shannon Brown for the Lakers. Yeah, Shannon, Shannon Brown, Brown can jump. How about uh, this? How about this? Uh, look at the box score of our favorite game, Game Five. Adam Morrison had four points. We got we we had Adam Morrison drop a drop a drop the a single. Steaming. <laughs> the steaming <laughs> hot four points. What, how, also, what was did DJ Mabinga get any play? Did he get yes, any? he did, but he he got play in the games that we were blowing out them, not the games that they were blowing out us. He didn't go into game five. I did check that. I had to check it. That's just a classic, classic team. He was the anti-victory uh, cigar. <laughs> he's he's like the sad cigarette you have or something in the corner. Sad. He was sad cig. Sad cig. Uh, Mabinga. Did you guys ever hear the stories of like that Laker practice, like during the years where Adam Morrison's there, where players would beg him to wear a shirt, or like because he <laughs> he stunk so bad because he he had like three shirts on rotation that he would wear literally for months at a time, and he would refuse to take showers. Like oh, after practice, he would stink so bad that players were begging him to take a shower. God, and he that's... had to continue to make himself look like Nacho Libre. Like, that's just like the dynamic duo bad there. Kobe definitely forced him to keep that mustache or something. Um, other thing that aged the worst, I mean, it, it it's more looks bad now, but actually wasn't. Uh, James Harden getting 12 minutes in uh, game six. Oh, God. Second to last. Uh, Eric Maynard only got six minutes. Um, but, yeah, no, that was a, that was a really bad big lineup if you look at it uh it, it um Serge Ibaka 30 minutes Collison 23 uh Kristich 28 uh, and then the big three of Durant Green and Westbrook all playing over 40 that that's 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 too tough the the the, the, the team was simply just kind of too thin across the board but you know it, it, it's hard to hard to blame them and I think when you really look back I think a lot of people look at uh, the big three Thunder of uh, Durant, Westbrook, Harden, and be like, "Oh, they had them for three years and they didn't win a championship. They had three chances." Harden wasn't nearly the guy he was. He, he he wasn't even a fraction of the guy he was in year one. Year two, he was just figuring it out, and year three was probably the only one where he got fully formed that level. Harden. So really, we only had one shot. Uh, one realistic shot with that team. Mm-hmm. And sure, and how many NBA championship teams win on a bed of youth? It's usually there is either one or two big time veterans in that locker room that make a significant impact on the court. And although we had so much talent, the playoffs is a completely different breed to where if you do not have the upper hand when it comes down to experience and being there and knowing what to do in certain situations, you'll choke whenever it means the most. 
And there was a lot of moments where it showed all through our history of those three years um, where we weren't ready for the um, for the competition. We didn't know exactly what to do in the best way possible. And yeah. even though we might have had the best um, talent, and if you had to put those players into a 2K and you played the simulation, yeah, definitely. It would be a different story. But there's intangibles to age and experience that you just can't put into words. And it's easy to say it when ESPN puts out a four-panel picture and saying which, which group of players was the biggest snub to not win. Of, of course, whenever you see three future Hall of Famers, three MVPs right next to each other, you'd think that. You know, but yeah. this, this is completely different. Like Kevin Durant was great, but he was not exactly where he needed to be. Russell Westbrook was very, very raw still at the time. He was just then developing into the player he needed to be. His first two seasons, including this one that we're talking about right now, like that jumper was just ugly. Like it was something that we cursed out and we hated so much. Like why is Russell Westbrook keeping on? He's keep shooting even though he's missing. It's just like just like the times during um, his post MVP season where he kept shooting threes. It's similar to that, but the elbow jumper. And then whenever he got that elbow jumper on uh, the Brian Davis shot, you know, uh, it, it was game over. That was his game next lower. He's he's a star now. He's a star. But that takes time and that takes seasons out of your winning opportunity. Yeah. Did you just refer to the Cotton shot as a Brian Davis shot? Yes, I, I didn't want. I didn't want to get fired off the podcast. Okay, he didn't. Okay, the cotton is canceled. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was supposed to be a joke. For for the record, Cotton Shot refers to the uh, his 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 dad coined it. It was about uh, whatever. It was about uh, getting a swish every time because I guess he thought the net was made of cotton. That's what that refers to. We are not out of our, uh, you know, mind. Uh, so, anyways. Hello and welcome. This is the Ford in Jameson podcast. We've lost Bobby. <laughs> I'm not. Do, do not kick me off my own pod. Um, God. We've decided to talk about how Bobby just lost in Thunder trivia. Let's talk about that. Okay. One. Okay. Well, <laughs> move along. Yeah, move, move. Bobby. Who'd you lose to? Move along. Move the Andre along. Liggins, perhaps. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> okay, carry on. What, what, what's our next thing we're going to talk about? Uh, oh, yeah. The unsung hero. Yes. So I think we all kind of have the. I I, I I don't know if y'all have the same guy. I think me and Jameson might. Uh, Tabo Cephalosha was phenomenal on Gobi Bryant this series. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, a, a lot of people really probably overstating it stating it to call him a th- uh, Kobe killer or a Kobe guy but he definitely gave Kobe a lot of fits throughout his time uh, and his battles against Kobe Bryant and it really opened up Kevin Durant to you know do other things on defense um, and really it, one of the things that kind of aged really well and I wish we saw Durant do more of and he does a lot of did a lot of this with the Warriors he was a beast down low blocking shots uh, he, I believe in game two, the Thunder had some like 17 blocks. They, they had an insane amount of blocks because Durant would just shift over and, you know, kind of do the thing he did in Golden State and, you know, control the inside. And having that extra length down low was huge. And a lot of that is because of Cephalosha. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I stated it earlier. I think the X Factor is also the unsung hero in Ron Artest and his defense during that series. Yep. Yeah, for for the Thunder, it was Tabo for me. Um, but going off what you said, um, Lakers, I was in between Bynum and uh, Artest. 
Uh, it's I could talk about either. I've definitely already talked about it. But Tabo, just going back to Tabo, I mean, we forget how valuable it is to have a defensive stopper on your team. They are the guy that gets the most crap out of any one of our starting five, except for a team that has Nainad as your starting center. Uh, I mean, Andre Robertson, you know how much crap he got whenever he was still the, one of the best defenders in the league. Tabo Cephalosha, you know how much crap he got, even though he would shut down guys like Kobe on a, a couple nights. You know, like, I understand his shot wasn't really developed as much as this season, um, but you cannot put into words how valuable defense is on the game of basketball. I will. I always say it, I think defense is definitely more important than offense, especially on a team that you have a bunch of scores around you. Because defense, your defense will 100% of the time be impacted on every single possession. On an offensive possession, you can have a bad offensive player and hide them and still get points from exceptional players like Kevin Durant. Defense, you cannot hide a guy. Definitely. I feel like we always kind of, in the Oklahoma City echo chamber, kind of dissed on Tavo too much. Every time a new 2K would come out and you have the little three by his name, like, why is he a three-point shooter? Um, he actually was pretty <laughs> well, this decent. False. <laughs> not, not in this year, but as the season or seasons went on, he became a pretty solid corner three guy. Um, and really, very good player for the Thunder. Um, and adding him, we traded... I believe just uh, one first-round pick to the Bulls who became Taj Gibson. Not bad at all, um, especially considering the the fact that we kind of scooped him up in the uh, chaos of the Tyson Chandler trade getting uh, rescinded. So mm-hmm. not a bad game. A, a, ba- a rare win-win trade. Not Yeah, not a really bad, uh, you know, silver medal trade. So um, let's go into the MVP. So this can be anyone. This could be... Uh, a player, this could be you know, a coach, this could be just anything. Uh, who won this series? Obviously, not just the Lakers, but the, or the Thunder. Or, uh, the Thunder clearly didn't win. But who, who won this series overall? If you, had to give, uh, if you had to give a medal to someone for having the most impressive, most important impact of this, who would you give it to? Ford, you go first. You know, I don't know if I can give a medal. You know, because, I mean, Kobe was consistent, but he didn't play phenomenal, you know, throughout the entire series. Ron Artest, I mean, Ron, Ron Artest played great defense, and I think he was the X factor. But, I mean, he can't make a damn three worth his life. Um, I mean, I think the Lakers were just kind of, I mean, I'm not going to, I mean, they, obviously they weren't cakewalking, you know, but I don't, I don't think they were playing at their core and I don't, I don't, I can't really give an MVP to a losing team, you know. Besides, I mean, Kevin Durant played subpar. Russell Westbrook played well. I don't know if I can give an MVP. I mean, I guess if I had to, it would be Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if this was, you know, structure like the NBA Finals MVP, where you do a series and somebody wins the MVP, and it has to do a lot with who they are and what role they play on the team in their, um, what is the word I'm looking for, their portion size, I guess, for lack of a better word, of how much they do in the offense and defense on a normal basis compared to role players. Yeah, it's going to be Kobe Bryant. His production was great. He put, there was a lot of games where he scored in the, like, high 30. I think he had 37 in um, one of the games. Was it? He had 39 in game two. 39 in game two. Um, But, 
I mean, yeah, he gets the MVP, but a lot of the times in these NBA playoffs, you'll be like, okay, this guy should have actually won the MVP because he was the guy, the key to winning that series for that team. And that would have been Ron Artest for me. Okay. Yeah, I I think I was definitely going more abstract in a way. Uh, in my notes, one of my one of the people who I have or groups who I have who won the series was the entire city of Oklahoma City. Um, <laughs> oh, how but, sentimental, Bobby! So if we're talking about if we're talking about a player, I think it has to go to Pau Gasol. I know he exactly. Uh, He he was consistent throughout the whole series, but he provided the series' biggest moment with that tip-in, and he was a true difference maker. So I'm going to give it to Gasol. Um, Obviously, the finals MVP, if we're going by that standard, you just pick Kobe every time if the Lakers are involved. Um, But for the Thunder, I think my Thunder MVP is Durant. Uh, did a lot of growing up. I think it really, the series really molded him into the superstar he uh, developed into. Uh, it really, I think, got, got him tougher as a competitor uh, because really you're never you're not going to see that type of defense on you unless you're in the playoffs. You, you, there's nothing that can emulate it. No pickup game, no regular season game, no practice that can emulate the pressure of having Gasol or sorry, not Gasol, uh, uh, run our test on you like that. Um, that's that was very crucial to his evolution to his evolution and i think he improved and really became a household name for a lot of people this is some of the first times people had seen durant uh really play um on that stage so i think for the general public they really got it but kind of circling back around oklahoma city won big this was a moment that really i think permanently bonded this team in the city together uh really got people on board um and just just the feeling of you know riding to school and you know seeing all those thunder flags the the car flags back then every every car seemed to have a little blue thunder flag Mm -hmm. just it it started something incredible and i don't think i don't think a you know like a, a a I don't know, a, a 4-2 series loss against the Trailblazers or, you know, I don't know, the Minnesota Timberwolves does that. I don't, I don't, I don't think, yeah. I don't think an experience that's not as good as this, other than, you know, maybe hell, a win even, um, you know, I, I think this was something that changed the franchise forever for the better, for the better. And, you know, Durant, Westbrook, Harden, they're all gone, but these memories, the feeling you get, that established what this Thunder team is. That established what you feel to the city and this team, and that will and that that's something that'll never be taken away. And uh, it all stems from this series. So, yeah, I think so. There you go. Suck it, Pau Gasol. We won. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Revisionist history. Yeah, mm. you might have your silly NBA championship ring. We we have togetherness and <laughs> a culture of free T-shirts. Um. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's kind of it. Any other thoughts that we had, we maybe had missed or fell out of our you know kind of system, our I guess zombie rewatchables system. Suck it, no. Bill Simmons. We really hit on everything that I wrote down in my notes. Yeah. Um, it was very very thorough. Shout out to uh, us for actually coming up with a very you know well prepared podcast that was well structured. We only deviated maybe two or three times. 
Only a couple times. We had a little Phoenix Suns pod in the middle. But, <laughs> but hey, look, if, if this... A lesser version of us would have gone on for 12 minutes about the Suns. So, props to us. We're getting better, guys, finally. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing we've been so, like, consistently making these Thunder podcast videos recently so we can get better. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> this is this is podcast number four of the season. <laughs> And only, only two of them were, were actually about the season. It's okay. We're fine. We're, we're, we're going to be back to normal at some point. But The next one, we got uh, 2011 Grizzlies as a little preview. Oh, yeah. Preview for the fans. If we're going to go chronologically, we'll... Uh, the dedicated a, listeners of the Schooner Pod. Yeah, we're definitely going to take a deeper look into 2011 Memphis. Uh, that one will probably be more focused around one game. Uh because I think the great moments in that series really weren't as spread out in 2011, uh, so we'll definitely do a deep dive on that. I'm looking forward to that. So, help um, me. I all the Memphis series blow into my head. This, this is one thing I'm really bad about. This is looking back in the past. Is all of our playoff series and what happened, what years? I can't formulate like this was a 2011 or 2012. Which year was the greatest Vasquez years? That. 20... This was this was Gravis Vasquez. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Okay. This was the this was, I think this was the Gravis Vasquez uh, Sh- uh, Shane Battier uh, Grizzly team that really, I mean they were I, both uh, every Grizzly team is a pain in our ass, but this one particularly was annoying. Uh, it featured that four overtime game in Game Four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this was, was, Re- the... was Reggie Jackson's re- um, rookie season, right? No, Reggie Jackson would be drafted the next year. This isn't the Reggie. Yeah, okay. Year. No, okay, this is the, the year where Memphis okay, upset okay. the Spurs in the first round. These were the eighth seed Memphis. Yes. Yes. yes, 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 yes. Okay, we're good okay. now. We're good yeah. now. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So next time we'll be uh, talking more playoffs. So if you'll like these, please let us know. We'd love to. We'd love to hear from you. So or if you don't, please let us know. Or if you if you don't, <laughs> we're still going to make them anyways. I mean, shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, thank you all for listening. So for me, Jameson and Ford. Uh, this has been Thunder Talk Classic Series Edition. We need a better name. This is that's horrible. Um, <laughs> I like Classic Series. Cla- uh, the Classics. I like that. Yeah, the Classics. Yeah. So for me, Ford and Jameson, this has been the Classics. Thunder. So we'll see you next time. Thunder. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? We should do. We should just do a video review of uh, Kevin Durant's uh, Hyperizers commercial. Mm. Just, just review his rap verse. If y'all, y'all remember that? Was kind this of. the one where he was with uh, Jeff Green and? Uh, no, that was, was the, bro- the rap group. That was the Broingtons. They just recorded videos for fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, this is this is the one where he went by uh, Velvet Hoop. Yes, okay, yes. Ooh-wee! It's Velvet Hoop, wristband full of loot. Wristband full of loot. <laughs> I know, it's, 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 it's an absolute treasure. Um, I recommend it.
hoop. Wrist band full of loot right next to my shoe. Ten hand, what's the temperature, Sam? 80 degrees, I make a defreeze. Bring the points to the knees. Don't talk about boring dunks. Bellby, I'm the youngest of child. Now get the hell out of my garage. Extra fits in my car. Scoop up ice, chief blocking info wrong. Let's ball to the hoop, y'all. Come on, come on to the hoop, y'all. Oh, come on. Let your game and your mind be free. Have fun and you will see. Get your teammates on your side and show some style. It doesn't matter.